The Ford F-150 truck helps you get the job done in the smartest way possible. New features like the available Pro Access tailgate improves access to bed and cargo, including when towing a trailer, so it's easier to load in tight spaces. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro Access tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. Remember the Thai Cave Rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show seven days a week from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Saturday edition of the Busted Open Podcast. Denise Salcedo here with Andreas Hale. Friday nights left us with a ton to talk about, especially with The Rock publicly aligning himself with Roman Reigns and the bloodline. Andreas and I are going to break everything down. Plus, we're debuting our new Saturday segment, Give a Yeet, where we give you the biggest moments of the week. Also catch our weekly winner and Elimination Chamber preview here on the Busted Open Podcast. Funny because when I found out that I was doing the show with you here today, I was like, yes, finally. I'm like, I feel like we've known each other now for a couple of years over like maybe one or two years. But I'm like, we haven't actually ever done a show together aside from when I went on and did your podcast, which was so much freaking fun. But then I just saw you in Las Vegas. And so that was like a good time within itself. We were both down at Radio Row, a really cool experience getting to see you there. Um, But now we're here and I feel like they gave us absolutely no shortage of pro wrestling conversation to get into for this weekend. Yeah, 100 percent. There's so much to talk about. It was great seeing you at Super Bowl Radio Row and there was so much to do there. You interviewed Tony Khan. I saw my good friend Tony Khan. Say, hey, what's up, Tony? Got a chance to talk to Tony a little bit. Saw Darby. It was it was great. Radio Row was great. But yes, getting a chance to sit here and do a show with you and talk some graps, which is what we do best, is exciting on this Saturday morning, wherever you are. I hope you're locked in because I got some takes of what we saw last night on SmackDown that I'm going to talk about in a little bit. I got some takes as AEW Revolution is around the corner. I got some takes, people. I got some takes. Oh, I love it. That's going to be the hashtag for today. I've got some takes. Well, you know what? I'm not going to keep the people waiting, and we're going to get right to it, man. We need to start off with the biggest thing that happened last night on Friday Night SmackDown. You can argue it was definitely uh, one of the biggest things that happened all week in professional wrestling, especially when you have this man's name attached to it, and that is The Rock. So, We were, I don't know about you, Andreas, but whenever I know that The Rock is going to be on any show, it's like, you just know you have to tune in. I mean, I was going to tune in regardless, but if you were debating, if you were on the fence, once you hear The Rock is going to be on the show, there's no skipping uh, that episode of anything, you know? And this particular case, it was SmackDown. Andreas, how did you feel about this? All right. Can we call him Rusty Rock? Let's let's start there. <laughs> okay, rusty I felt, rock. I felt rock was very rusty. I felt like he was. It's not like riding a bike. Cutting a promo, cutting a heel promo is not like riding a bike. And it felt like the rock was trying to find Hollywood rock again, the 2003 version of Rocky, where he needed to get, draw heat, and he's been so used to being a babyface that he was kind of reaching, stumbling over his words a little bit. Look. A half-ass rock promo is still a fantastic promo, don't get me wrong, but I felt like I was watching man trying to muster up the fire from that era where he was really, truly pissing people off. He called, he said, the Utah dream. He, I mean, this was, this was a segment where I felt like The Rock wasn't truly prepared to, to do the job that he had to do, which is turn everything around. He came in as a babyface. The crowd is turned on him. Now he's got to draw heat. I don't know, man. This felt kind of meandering. This felt like a a promo that was that was supposed to drive home the point that he's down with the bloodline. And I left it going just like the press conference. I don't know what the hell's going on anymore. I have no idea. (laughs) Like, what am I watching? I have no idea. I don't know. Denise, what did you think? 
Okay. So, you know, you're not the first person that I hear say this. It was almost like the rock was mimicking or trying to mimic the rock. I saw several people online say this, and here's the thing, like I have sort of mixed reactions about it. Right. On one hand, I love the nostalgic feeling that I get with The Rock coming out here and trashing everybody and not keeping it, uh, you know, squeaky clean when it comes to the verbiage that's being used. Like, I love him going out there and saying all of these, like, funny stuff about, like, inbreds and things like that. I'm like, okay, that's really funny, right? And so on one hand, I enjoyed all of that. On the other hand, so when he went out there and he started saying that Cody Rhodes' story um, was basically BS and saying how it's not real life and basically saying that he isn't like a real man by trying to go out there and crying for his story and this and that and comparing it to sports, I felt like that part kind of in a way, like it kind of made both sides look bad in the sense that he tried to bury Cody Rhodes's story, right? By making him and everybody look like a crybaby, which is great because he's a heel. He's supposed to do that, right? But at the same time, he was ignoring the biggest puzzle piece out of everything. You know, he complete he compared it to the Super Bowl, right? He's saying, you know, the 49ers, they're not going to go next week and get another shot at the Super Bowl. They're going to take it like men. They lost and they're going to move on. And, but that does not mean that next season, the 49ers can't try again to make it to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl, right? And in this case, our version of this in pro wrestling is the Royal Rumble. You had Cody Rhodes who didn't win at WrestleMania 39. All right, it didn't work out. So then he goes to the Royal Rumble. He defeats 29 other men and he earns his title shot at WrestleMania 40. So even though The Rock sounded very convincing when he was painting Cody Rhodes' story to be like god-awful, he was missing one big piece in this. And I don't want The Rock because The Rock is like, you know, we all love The Rock, right? Like even if you didn't want to see The Rock versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 40, you still, chances are, are a big fan of The Rock. But The Rock, Part of what makes him special is when he goes out there and he cuts promos, he's very funny, he's very clever, but he's also very smart in that he's never outsmarted in like anything that he does or says. So I think in this particular case, everybody was going, yeah, 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 that's great and all, but what about the Royal Rumble? So I guess this can work just because, you know, he's a heel and that's what we're seeing. But even as a heel, you still don't want to come across like you're not smart. Yeah, if the 49ers lose the Super Bowl and the NFL has a Royal Rumble and the 49ers win the Royal Rumble, you're damn right I'm going to go for the championship again. I don't like this was this promo. I felt like just like you said, it missed such a huge point. What I mean, what they've been trying to do is retcon this entire thing. They've tried to act like that Cody didn't bring out the rock to stare down Roman Reigns and give up his spot at WrestleMania. Like we're acting like none of this happened. And now The Rock is like, hey, you Cody crybabies, why don't you take it like a man? He did take it like a man. When Cody lost, the thing he didn't do was a lot of complaining. He went right into a few with Brock Lesnar. I mean, who the hell goes from Roman to Brock Lesnar and wins? That's what Cody did. So for The Rock to frame this as he's crying his way back into a title and didn't earn it is dumb. But we're not even going to imagine or act like, bro, he just brought you out. He was about to give up his spot at WrestleMania that he earned to you. That's why I feel like all of this is kind of silly. And a big part of me says, oh, we're booking this stuff on the fly, guys. Is that what we're doing? Because clearly <laughs> this wasn't the plan. And The Rock seems like he is trying to figure this thing out along the way, which makes the whole thing confusing. And it doesn't give us the best version of The Rock. It gives us a version of The Rock that is trying to navigate waters he hasn't been in in damn near 20 years. And I don't know, man, some people liked it. I just thought it was just filling space. I thought this promo was just filling space to SmackDown, giving us something to watch because, yeah, we're going to tune in. But we left it no smarter than we came into it. We have no idea what we're doing going into WrestleMania. So I'm literally sitting here listening to you say this and I'm like waving my hands in the air and putting them up because Andreas, like I finally feel like right now you're speaking what has been running through my mind as I watch this, because it's true. 
I feel like we're supposed to completely erase everything that happened uh, on that episode of SmackDown when uh, Cody Rhodes introduced The Rock. Like we're just supposed to completely forget about that. And in storyline, it just doesn't make that much sense okay like I know they tried to you know connect the dots at the press conference and like you said at the press conference a lot of us kind of came out a little bit confused by that I feel like now we're trying to make sense of the story that's being told instead of the story simply making sense on its own I feel like us the people we're left sort of connecting the dots here because it doesn't necessarily make sense you have Cody Rhodes bring out Roman Reigns I mean, sorry, The Rock. He brings down The Rock. He confronts Roman Reigns. They have this stare down. Okay. Then we go into the press conference. And all of a sudden, Cody Rhodes and The Rock, they're not friends anymore. This is not a thing. They're, and he's no longer his counselor or whatever he was supposed to be that he was on SmackDown. All of a sudden, they're trashing each other's smack family. One guy slapping the other. The other one's chanting bullshit. I mean, there's so much happening here that... After that press conference, a lot of us were like, oh, is this a tag team match? Is this a triple threat? Whatever. We're getting Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes. It's happening. But why do I feel like the story is more now about The Rock and Cody Rhodes than Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes? Ooh, you said it. Why do I like the star of the show, Roman Reigns, does not feel like the star? He feels like a bystander watching weird things happen. Because the other thing is, if I'm Roman, I'm like, bro, didn't you just say you wanted to be the head of the table a few weeks ago? When did we become friends again? I know this is blood, but this is dumb. And at some point, the wise man, Paul Heyman, is going to need to say something. Because if anybody in the room could, should be able to sniff this out and put it all together to try to make sense out of it, you think it'd be him. But again, I feel like if this wasn't The Rock, the world would be crapping all over this angle. Like, because it's The Rock, we're going to go, all right, all right, guys. All right, that's cool. We we can deal with that. When The Rock <laughs> comes out, yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. I like that. But if it wasn't The Rock, if it was anybody else, we'd be like, yo, this angle is dumb heading into WrestleMania. Like, I, I would be intrigued to watch week to week. But because we don't know what's going on, which the WWE can use and leverage and have us play into, we're going to tune in because – I think they know just about as much as us. I think everybody is confused. The Rock is confused. Nobody knows exactly <laughs> who's doing what at WrestleMania. This promo was ex drove that point home more than anything else. I was like, oh, we're all in the dark, baby. We're all confused. Roman, he's confused too. Everybody. Jimmy, he's like, I don't know what's going on. Solo, he's like, who do I got to stick a thumb in the neck for? Like, what am I doing here? Nobody knows what's going on. That being said, it's a cool little promo because I still like seeing The Rock. The nostalgia factor is excellent. But man, I don't know what the hell's going on, bro. I don't know. That, that's what's carrying this whole thing over is the nostalgia. Like, I feel like I'm just like happy that The Rock is there. And like you said, if it wasn't The Rock, everybody would be like, well, what the hell's going on with the story, man? Like, you know, they were friends. Now they're not friends. He was going to face his cousin. Now he's not facing his cousin. Um, Now, here's the thing. So at the end of this, they had a moment where everybody is putting, you know, the finger up in the air <laughs> doing Roman's uh, little thing. But... You know, there's people that are going to pay extra close attention to this. Now, I didn't realize this until I saw it on social media that The Rock didn't actually do the, the little finger up in the sign the way that it's supposed to be done. He stuck out his thumb, therefore doing like the gun effect or the freaking uh, the loser sign, however you want to see it. Um, And I think a lot of people are now wondering, Andreas, and I want to get your thoughts on this, is... Is The Rock going to turn on Roman Reigns come WrestleMania 40? <laughs> if they do, it's all because, like, again, I feel like they're just booking this on the fly. Like, The Rock threw up the L, and I thought a lot of people noticed it, and it was like, and somebody's going to be like, oh, he did that on purpose. And the WWE's like, yeah, he did that on purpose. I didn't do that on purpose. He just threw up the L. I, I don't think that was on purpose. I think everything The Rock was done, he was just doing i don't think it was planned and now they got to act like it's all planned if you're asking me if i think the rock's gonna turn on roman as of this weekend damn it i don't know i don't i'm just gonna i'm gonna watch i i honestly don't know we can break it down as we continue with this show but i i don't know i don't know what the hell is going on i don't know that's not necessarily a bad thing i am gonna tune in week to week i am very curious <laughs> heading into wrestlemania 
I don't know what the hell is going on, Denise. Help. All right. So here's the question then. Even though this doesn't make 100% sense, we are still, quote unquote, sports entertained. So we're tuning in every week to find out what's going to happen. Now, I don't know what that says about us, but clearly we're still going to be tuning in and finding out what is going down. We're going to go ahead and take a break and we will be right back with more Busted Open here on SiriusXM. The Busted Open Podcast is now available on YouTube. This is Dave LaGreca, host of Busted Open, the number one pro wrestling show on the planet. You can now watch and listen to the award-winning Busted Open Podcast every single day on YouTube. Our best interviews, behind-the-scenes access, and some of our best content from the past. All available right now when you go to YouTube.com slash at Busted Open Podcast. Subscribe right now. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen posed that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if you learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when you hear that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, you're probably thinking, what's the catch? Well, there isn't one. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bill, and unexpected overage. All plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. It's crystal clear, and it doesn't kill my monthly budget. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash open. That's mintmobile.com slash open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash open. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Saturdays are the best day to relax and reflect. After a jam-packed week of wrestling, the Busted Open crew want to tell you which moment this week grabbed their hearts the most. And the one segment that grinded their gears. No means. Right now on Busted Open, we are going to give a... Yeet! All righty, it is time to give a yeet. Uh, Andreas and I are going to pick our yeet and no yeet moments of this week. I cannot wait to do this. Let's go. All right, Andreas, I'm going to start with your yeet of the week. What is it? Oh, for me, it was on Dynamite, Samoa Joe, Swerve Strickland, Hangman Page. I thought it was excellent. The three of them did excellent. Swerve's been on absolute fire for the past several weeks. Obviously, the crowd is leaning into it. Hangman recognized that the crowd was turning on him, kind of leaned into the heel roll. The mustache makes him a bit of a douchebag, too. And Samoa Joe reminded everybody, hey, I'm the champ. Like, focus on me. I thought it was an incredible segment. I think Samoa Joe's a tremendous champion, and I'm I'm very partial. I've been a Samoa Joe mark my whole life. Samoa Joe, Swerve Strickland, and Hangman Page segment, give it a yeet. 
Oh man, that's good stuff right there. I thought that that was really good too, uh, especially the part where Samoa Joe like went off on both of them. So I think this is a really good yeet moment. Now for my yeet of the week, this one was a little bit controversial and I don't think everybody would probably put this as their yeet of the week. But you know what? I'm going to give this one to Darby's promo on the Young Bucks. Uh, Matthew and Nicholas, rather, I should say, uh, over on Dynamite. And the reason why I liked this in particular was because a lot of people really felt, now I don't believe this, but a lot of people really felt that Darby was shooting on the Young Bucks. Like people thought this was a shoot. And that within itself kind of got people talking I think that the the things that he said where he had mentioned that he was begging for a job they tied this back to a storyline with him and Cody Rhodes um from like you know earlier on in the AEW dates I thought that they did a really good job here and the one thing I do wish that they would have mentioned was the attacks that happened from the Young Bucks when they attacked Sting and his and his uh sons and all of that I do wish they would have mentioned that but I thought that Darby's promo was so freaking good and I love the way that he delivers his promos so I was actually a fan of this I know not everyone is but I was a fan what'd you think of Darby's promo I liked it I liked it I, I think Darby doesn't talk a whole lot and Darby's actually been great since Double or Nothing last year right like Darby is, has been able to carry the mic work very well I thought his promo was great I love the fact that AEW's not afraid to talk about the competition and talk about their old friends Shane Strickland just a couple weeks ago talked about Kofi I thought this was great. Thought it was handled well. And yeah, Brandon Cutler getting strays. I ain't mad at it. He deserves a few every now and then. All right. Well, we got the positives out of the way, but it's time for our no yeet. Andreas, what gets your no yeet this week? Man, y'all, y'all about to kill me for this. It's the Rock's promo. It was the Rock's <laughs> promo on SmackDown. And not because it was rusty. It wasn't that. Is because it was pointless. I felt like at the end, we learned nothing new. We just filled up with entrances. I think it was about 20 minutes left on SmackDown that we got this promo that told us absolutely nothing. And it wasn't, I feel like, the best use of The Rock. It just felt like it was like practice. It was like The Rock warming up to become the heel. So it gets my no yeet just because it didn't make anything any clearer. And I know some of you guys will go, that's the intent. I don't care. I just felt like I wasted 20 minutes of my time for a halfway decent Rock promo. That gets my no yeet. Dang. No Bringing the fire here, Andreas. Like, who would have thought your no yeet moment would have been the rock wild? No. All right. My no yeet moment of this week goes over to something on AEW Dynamite, and it was the Wardlow squash match. I'm so sorry, but I can't do these anymore. I'm just like, I cannot watch another Wardlow squ a squash match. Like, I'm done. I have hit my Wardlow squash match limit. I hit it a long time ago. I've surpassed it. I've long expired it. I'm soured milk at this point. Um, This has just gotten so repetitive. And I hate to say the B word, but it's gotten very boring. And I can't do the squash matches anymore. They need to find some other way. Like Wardlow is such a, he is some, he's a big guy that can do some pretty agile things. Um, we shouldn't be seeing the same match over and over again. I want to see Wardlow mix it in with some of the other guys on the roster. AEW has a phenomenal roster. Let's see some of those matches. Let's get Wardlow interesting again because this, this squash match stuff, it's not working for me. The Undisputed Kingdom is not working for me. I am so dead in the water like this to me is like dead in the water and I don't know what they're gonna do but they need to do something to bring this thing back to life because this went from being one of the most talked about things on AEW to suddenly no one cares no one's talking about it and it's like just the thing we have to finish out we have to finish watching on the show so for me it takes my no yeet um no yeets. Ooh, uh, look Denise I look the Warlow squash match, I think squash matches being brought back are a great thing when you use them properly. When Braun Strowman first showed up on Raw and he was squashing like one and two guys at a time, that was interesting. And then eventually you got to move off of the squash matches and actually have some matches. To your point, the Undisputed Kingdom is stale now because they don't really have anybody to attack. You know, MJF is no longer here, so it's not interesting. And Warlow has the biggest bone to pick with MJF because he's the man who beat him. 
and then just got shuttered into the background. So having him do these squash matches and whipping his nice little mane back and forth, it's wild, it's wild corny, man. I, I agree with you, No Yeet, 100%. It's not my favorite segment. There's a better use of the Undisputed Kingdom, and, and especially with Wardlow's talents, than just squashing whoever's in the hometown at that particular time. Yeah, like what do you think they can do to make the Undisputed Kingdom interesting? You got to find a feud. We got to find a bitter rivalry. The the Young Bucks, Matt, Matthew and Nicholas have already overshadowed them as heels on the show. That's crazy. Shane Strickland, even though he's kind of heel, kind of babyface because the fans love him, he's overshadowed them. But you need a foil. Every There's no use of a heel if he doesn't have a great babyface to, to mess with. And they really don't have anybody right now. And as great as Adam Cole is, he's... It's aimless. It's, they're just meandering and doing a whole lot of nothing. I get Roderick Strong and or- Orange Cassidy are probably going to have a great match at Revolution, but I need more heat because this stable came in with a ton of heat and it, it, it's fizzled out really quick. I don't think I've ever seen something fizzle out so fast. Like, I'm sure there has been, right? I'm not thinking about something else right now, but this just died so fast, man. Like, let me let me make the wish before the candle goes out, honestly. And I don't feel like we got that opportunity with this undisputed kingdom stuff. Um, they 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 need a big time makeover here. Talk is Jericho podcast with multiple world champion professional wrestler, lead singer of Fozzie, and New York Times best-selling author Chris Jericho is now on Fight Nation. Don't miss Jericho interview some of the biggest names in wrestling, entertainment, and comedy. Plus, give all of his takes on what's going on in the world of pop culture. Catch the Talk is Jericho podcast every Tuesday and Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern on your home for combat sports. Sirius XM, Fight Nation, Channel 156. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling, the collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. The landscape of pro wrestling is evolving, which means more options for fans. So many activities. What was the best show this week? If you ain't first, you're last. The week's over, so get over. This is the Busted Open Weekly Winner. All righty, now it is that time of the week where we pick our very best show of the week. And I mean, of course, like always, we have so many. You got Collision, you got Raw, you got NXT, you got, uh, oh my gosh, Dynamite, SmackDown, Impact. I mean, there's a lot happening throughout the entire week. So I will give you the floor. What was your very best show of the week and why? Well, I thought about it. SmackDown wasn't it to me. Raw was it was fine. Rampage, whatever. Impact always has a great show. But for me, my weekly winner is Dynamite. 
And outside of Wardlow's terrible squash match, I truly enjoyed Moxley versus Dax Harwood to open. I've mentioned my Yeet of the Yeet week was Samoa Joe's promo with Swerve and Hangman. Your Yeet of the Yeet week was Darby. I thought the, the Young Bucks doing what they did with the blood on the suits. All this is tracking towards a great revolution. And I enjoyed Matt Taven and Orange Cassidy to close the show. I thought Dynamite was a very good show up and down outside of that truly horrid squash match. But you're, you're allowed to get a mulligan every now and then. Dynamite is my weekly winner. What's yours, Denise? All right. So when I was looking at this week, I from far away, like just kind of like thinking about everything very quickly, I thought I was going to go with SmackDown. But then once I looked at it closely, I was like, you know what? No, it's not SmackDown this week for me. And usually sometimes SmackDown hits extra hard because it's like, oh, you know, it was just the night before. So it's very fresh in my mind. And it has like that extra, I don't know, it gets a little extra love, I guess, um, because of the timing. But honestly, I'm going to have to agree with you. My, uh, my weekly winner for this week is also AEW Dynamite. And I think for me, uh, again, minus that squash match, I really liked a lot of what they did. Like when they kicked things off at John Moxley and Dax Harwood, they did some stuff in there that was pretty fun. You know, seeing them uh, chop each other, hit each other with lariats. At one point, both guys are on their knees and they're uh, literally like two little bulldogs going at it. I did enjoy that a whole lot. Uh, Daniel Garcia looked really good in the match that he had with Adam Copeland. And of course, they did this whole entire melee with Christian Cage and uh, all of what they did after that was, I mean, it was a little messy, but it was fine. It was enjoyable. I was entertained. Um, and I mentioned the uh, Darby Allen moment. That was definitely my yeet of the week. So I think with that, it carries that extra moment um carries a little extra love on the show you mentioned the stuff with hangman and swerve and samoa joe all of that was really really executed very nicely very simple very straightforward got you entertained in what you're going to be seeing at revolution good stuff across there i thought willow nightingale and sky blue coming together and having this match for the first time against each other um they both have grown so much in their roles and have just like grown to be like bigger stars on AEW. and they're still got a little bit of a ways to go but they're getting there they're making their way there um the main event the texas death match man with Orange Cassidy defeating Matt Taven, I really wasn't like, for some reason, like I wasn't really like too interested heading into the match. Like I really kind of didn't care. And I think part of the reason is because um, we haven't really seen um, them do much with Matt Taven. And so, uh, I mean, I, I know he's part of the Undisputed Kingdom and I'm not a fan of it, but this was honestly a hit for me though. This was probably the best thing we've seen from Matt Taven in AEW since he's been there. Uh, he had that really, he had a couple crazy spots, one of which included the one where he did the dive and he went Ooh. right into the freaking table. Like that was crazy. And then the spot with the thumbtacks, I mean, all of that. Uh, I thought they did a really good job with this Texas death match. And because it was the Valentine's Day episode and doing like a bloody, you know, know massacre type of thing like i thought that was kind of on on brand so that went really well so for that reason for me it was aw dynamite this week so we're in agreement that's the we show of the agreement. week there's one thing i do want to add and i'm gonna start doing this every time i'm on the show i'm gonna start campaigning because i need more stokely hathaway on my television i think He's the work that that man. man does is unbelievable and with aw you know they they shuffle in so many they had like old managers yeah jake the snake utilize stokely hathaway because that man is money on social media he's money on commentary his facial expressions his involvement with willow like it is fantastic tony khan if you're listening because i know you tune in to bust it open use stokely hathaway more because that man deserves it he is incredible we don't value managers like we should and stokely is one of the few that brings something truly unique to the table also, I just remember, thank you to Andre, our producer here, who just reminded me of another segment on Dynamite that I know a lot of people here love. And I, I'm, I'm mad that I forgot to mention it. And it was Tony Storm's yes. uh, wet ink little segment that she did. Dude, some of like the things that she said on there about like biting the tit that feeds you, her bosom, and all <laughs> of these words that I'm not comfortable saying <laughs> really oh. had me. This was a really good segment, man. Yeah, you know what? It, it's I know like the Deanna Perrazzo match is like everybody's looking forward to, it, but I'm like, yo, I don't want to see Tony Storm ever lose this title because she is incredible in this role. Like she is taken like in the outcast where I was like, all right, this is cool. But as soon as she took this turn, 
it's been phenomenal. It is like one of the best characters on television in any promotion. She is unreal in this role. And that segment, boy, that was a home run, 100%. I was going to say, bless your soul for even thinking that the outcasts were somewhat cool. I was not a fan at all, like at all. So I'm very happy that uh, Tony Storm broke out and she found mm. something that worked for her. Uh, and, you know, I hope to see the rest for the rest of the girls to really find something that uh, gets people talking. Uh, they haven't just yet, but maybe just maybe they will. Uh, but Tony Storm, man, I think that this was uh, they're knocking it out of the park each and every single week. But um, all right, so I want to go ahead and switch gears now, and we need to get into the Elimination Chamber because there's oh, a yeah. lot that is happening there that we haven't even gotten a chance to, like, dive into. Um, so this is where we're at. Of course, the Elimination Chamber is happening. Uh, when is it? Next week? Yep, next week it's happening at, like, this crazy hour. Um for us here in the United States, in the West Coast where I'm at, uh, it's gonna start at 2 a.m. Andreas. Like, what the hell? I, I'm, oh I've God. been spoiled my whole life. I've watched pro wrestling at a good hour my entire life. Pay per views, five o'clock. Awesome. Finishes at around eight o'clock. I can still watch a movie. I can go out. I can do. I can have a life. Okay. Um, during the week, I watch pro wrestling at five. From five to eight. It's beautiful. 2 a.m. Yo, this is the Wrestle Kingdom of WWE pay-per-views. Like every year I try to watch Wrestle Kingdom and I'm like, bro, I'll just watch it in the morning. I'll just I'll just mute all my notifications so I don't get things spoiled for me because I am that guy. I hate things spoiled for me, but there's just there's no way. I it, I'm gonna struggle trying to watch a WWE show at 2 a.m. Pacific time. But I'm still intrigued in what's gonna happen. But damn, 2 a.m. Are you going to watch live or are you going to watch like afterwards? No, I'm going to mute my notifications. I know you, you guys are going to be holding it down. So I'm not like, I don't want it spoiled for me. I usually my son and my son is two years old. He wakes me up at a good 5 a.m. So it should be just wrapping up and then I'll watch it. But there's no way in hell I'm staying up 2 a.m. and watching three hours of a show. I can't do it. So I definitely have to because I have busted open that day. So yeah, my plan do. is like, be ready. by. I'm going to go to sleep super early on Friday. I don't know. I'm going to try my hardest to go to sleep like at seven. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to force myself. Even if I have to tape my eyelids shut, I will do it. Um, And then wake up, be ready 2 a.m. in front of my computer, watch the pay-per-view. It'll finish around like five something. And then by then I'll have just enough time to get ready for busted open and go live on the air and do the show. So that's my plan for next week. And I'm a little bit stressed out about it, honestly. Yeah. Denise, bless your heart. Bless your heart. Cause me trying to go to sleep at 7 PM won't happen on purpose. I'd have to fall asleep. <laughs> There's no way I can go to sleep <laughs> at 7 AM. But I mean, look, man, I think it's, I think that atmosphere is going to be incredible. Um, I think you talked to Rhea Ripley, like the way she, sh she, like her glow when she talks about this event, I can't wait to see that reaction when Rhea makes her entrance at that show. I'm so excited for her. So I can't wait for the elimination chamber as a whole. Because I'm very interested, even though we've been we kind of just skipped over it, just talking about WrestleMania. But Elimination Chamber still has some bearings on what's going to happen at the Showcase of Immortal. So we should just kind of dive into it. All right, well, let's go. So as we know, we're going to get the men's and the women's Elimination Chamber. Uh, and they've been doing qualifying matches. And for the men's, we are officially all filled up. So in the chamber for the men, we're going to have Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre, Logan Paul, and LA Knight. That's it. That Those are the spots. Six spots taken. How do you feel about how the men's chamber is looking as of right now? Who's your pick? What are you expecting from it? So it's fascinating because it's a star-studded chamber, right? But when I look at the chamber and I look at potential opponents for Seth Rollins, I, nothing jumps off at the page is like, this is going to happen. That's good and bad. Right. Because I can't predict a winner. I have no idea who's going to win this because some people will say, Drew, but I've seen this match already. We haven't seen Randy and Seth go at it since WrestleMania in San Francisco when we got that epic RKO. So th they could revisit that. LA Knight, a lot of people feel like it might be LA Knight's time. I do not. But this is intriguing because of that. The one person I feel like is missing is Sami Zayn. And I struggled when he lost to Nakamura, when he lost to Drew. And I was like, well, what are they doing? Because if you had one pivot for Seth Rollins, 
heading into WrestleMania in a match that everybody would get behind, it's Sami Zayn because the interactions they had after WrestleMania last year with Cody, Sami's story with Cody, Sami wanting to become a world champion, all of this felt like it made sense. And when he got eliminated from being in the Elimination Chamber, I was like, I don't even know what Sami's road to WrestleMania is now. So if you ask me right now, if I had to pick one person to win the Chamber, I'm going to go with Randy Orton just because he's so hot, he hasn't been pinned, and the crowd loves him. And I don't I don't know how hot the match would be, the build to that match heading into WrestleMania would be, but I think those two would deliver Seth and Randy at WrestleMania. Oh, damn. I got to tell you, Andres, you kind of threw me for a loop here because to me, I'm seeing this as a clear-cut winner with it being Drew McIntyre. And I know yeah, you mentioned, you know, we'd seen this match before, but the reason why I'm going for Drew McIntyre is that, now don't get me wrong, if Randy Orton wins, dude, I'll be very happy. I love Randy Orton. I think there are a lot of people definitely want to see Randy Orton. Uh, I saw so many people put his name as a pick for him on Twitter. Um, But for me, I'm going with Drew McIntyre because I feel like this man right now with the amount of savagery, I don't even know if savagery is a word, but whatever, savagery that he is bringing on on screen, on social media, he is just doing the very best right now. And I'm like, you can't have this guy being like one of your best heels in a way that's not like, in a way that you like kind of love him as a heel. Um, And you can't have him do the very best work and then not have him on the WrestleMania card in a match like this against Seth Rollins. And he's been making this case that he should be the one to face Seth Rollins on Raw. So for that reason, I feel like this is screaming Drew McIntyre's name for the victor of this Elimination Chamber. See, I'm not mad at it. It's just I hate that I've already seen this match. That's my only concern is we already seen this match. My other thing about Randy winning is they they changed, you know, it looked like it was supposed to be Randy versus Roman uh, at, the, at Royal Rumble at the top of the year. And then I feel like they protected Randy by making it a fatal four-way where AJ ate the pin. So it feels weird to me to see Randy lose an elimination chamber because they they've protected this man from getting pinned for a reason. And I feel like this is the reason. But to your point... Drew is doing some phenomenal work. So maybe, I don't know, maybe we get some kind of, maybe Damian Priest just cashes in and we turn this into a triple. I don't know exactly what we're doing. And I feel like that's why I say there's no clear cut. But if Drew won, I wouldn't be mad at it because Drew's been on fire. So it looks like Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre are the front runners here. Um, Of course, you know, we'll see what happens with all the other guys but they definitely feel like the ones to watch for sure in this chamber. Um, I'm excited. I'm actually excited that they have, uh, they had Logan Paul qualify for this chamber match, because I think he's going to be the guy to have like those fun spots in oh, this yeah. match, aside from Kevin Owens. Cause you know, Kevin Owens is crazy too, but I think Logan Paul is going to be like, Hey, this is my first chamber. He seems like he always wants to like, you know, have a viral moment. So I can imagine him doing something crazy off the pod, doing some crazy jumping on the chains, I don't know. I'm expecting some cool stuff from Logan. Oh, he's going to eat a RKO. I think Logan Paul's thinking about it right now. Like, what's the most epic way I can eat a RKO? And they're trying to figure it out now. I'm truly excited. Like, I know a lot of people don't necessarily like Logan Paul the person, but I think the work that he's put in since he's joined the roster has been phenomenal. Like, his athleticism, like, he's still a little green and a little rough around the edges, but when you put that guy in the ring, you're going to get a moment. And I think we're going to get one of those Elimination Chamber. I'm glad he's in it. I agree with you, man. And I also agree with you that it's weird that Sammy's not in it. I think Sammy should be in it, too. Uh, the second you said there's someone that's missing right away, I was like, he's going to say Sammy Zane. Mm-hmm. And when you said Sammy Zane, I'm like, yep, I know what's up. Um, All right. So that's the men's chamber side of things. Now let's go ahead and get into the women's side of things for the chamber. And right now we have uh five of the six spots filled. Uh, we got Tiffany Stratton, a brand new member of the SmackDown roster. She's in. She qualified. Bianca Belair. Liv Morgan, Naomi, and Becky Lynch, and then one more spot to be determined. Um, okay. I, I hate to say this because I'm like, I don't want to be super predictable, but like we know that this is Becky Lynch, right? Like everybody here yes. and their mother knows, right? It's the worst kept secret. It's mommy <laughs> versus the man at WrestleMania. Like we've been trending this direction for the last several months. Now we're just gonna do an elimination chamber to figure it out. Again, Elimination Chamber, the problem with this match, and it's not a huge problem, is you got to get pinned to get eliminated. That means somebody's got to pin Bianca, who never gets pinned. Somebody's got to pin Naomi, who just came back. And Tiffany Stratton's probably going to get eliminated first or second with Liv Morgan. 
So, and I don't know who the, the other person is going to be. I've heard some people say Jade Cargill, keep her out of this match. I don't need to see Jade involved in this at all. But this is the duh moment of the night. Becky Lynch has to win this. Mommy versus the man at WrestleMania, the story writes itself. I, I, I'm, I'm excited for it. The weird thing about this story is Rhea's going to beat Nia Jax, which we all know. Becky could not. And I wonder how that plays into their feud heading into WrestleMania because Rhea's like, bro, you couldn't even beat the girl I just beat. So I'm interested, but there's only one winner in this match. There's only one. Yes. And I think that's the reason why I agree with you in terms of keeping Jade Cargill out of this match because you got to keep her like special. You don't want to see her get in there, lose or whatever, you know, like you wouldn't want, like there's no like way to paint this for Jade Cargill to come out like looking victorious I mean unless they have her like go in there and she makes it all the way to the end and she has this great like showcase and then she loses okay fine maybe that could be some way to go about it but they don't really need to do that so why right. waste it why waste Jade Cargill on this when they don't really need to do that? Um, I actually don't want to see Tiffany Stratton be one of the first ones eliminated. And the reason I say that is because I feel like Tiffany Stratton, given her uh, gymnastics background, I think that she and Bianca Belair are going to be the ones that give us all of the really cool creative spots in the chamber. And I feel like when it comes to like these women matches where like, you know, for example, like the rumbles or like anything like the war games. And then this particular case, the elimination chamber, I feel like they always do a really good job of coming up with some creative spots for the women to like really make it stand out, make it feel exciting because you know, it's, it's not like we've gotten so many of these for the women. So for that reason, like I feel like Tiffany Stratton and B Bianca Belair are going to be the ones that really go and Naomi too because she also does some really cool stuff where I feel like are going to be the ones that bring out those like creative moments in the actual elimination chamber so I'm looking forward to that and I also um I don't know who the last person is going to be um have they announced how they were determining this is it one more qualifying match or is it like a second chance match I don't know because Shachi got hurt, and then you know Nick all just announced that on social media. But I don't, did, Andre. Do you know? I think you have I read idea? that it's a last chance battle royal that they're going to have probably on Raw. Oh, okay. okay. Okay, so a last chance battle royal. All right, so if they do that, then there's a lot of different options they can go with. Uh, I don't know. Is there some, who am I missing that should absolutely be in this? Am I missing I someone, know. or is it no. just like anybody can be like? I mean, I just feel like they got their bases covered here. Andre, you got somebody? I have one name, maybe a little too soon, but I would love to see her in the chamber. Jade Cargill. No, oh, see, no, 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 no. Andre versus no. Rhea, Andreas, let's make no. it happen. No, because Jade <laughs> has to get pinned in this match to get eliminated. You don't want to waste it now. Who says she's getting eliminated? She's not going to win, bro. Stop. It's not going to be mommy against the man. It's going to be Ugh. Jade But they already Rhea. promoted it at the WrestleMania kickoff. Yeah, man. Yeah, but that kickoff just screwed up so many things in Cody's story. So I don't buy anything <laughs> from that kickoff. <laughs> but like how silly would it look that they had this whole confrontation with Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley. We have it there on the marquee, the mommy versus uh I'm sorry, the man versus versus mommy. Uh how how silly would it look if they didn't actually do it? Like we have this, we we have images, we have a whole confrontation. We've been yeah. talking about this on Raw. But what are we doing? Like it would be crazy. The same marquee also had rock versus roman up on the same night technically i just don't know i just don't know it's gonna be becky lynch and any other thing i would be very surprised yeah i'll say this uh, andre to the jay cargill thing don't fiend jade cargill don't push her to the top of the card that quick where there's nowhere to go but down we gotta build jay cargill nice and slow not too slow but we gotta build her to get to that point if you throw her into some wrestlemania main event now regardless of what happens there's nowhere to go but down don't do it to her keep her out oh man you, all right you know what she's got you know what she's got to do denise jay cargo has do? to work she's got to work nia jackson wrestlemania she's got to have that big show moment that's what you got to do with jay cargill that you have to start her in in some match that she gets to show a feat of strength to do something to a, a talent that other women can't do Jay's one of the strongest, most physically imposing women on the roster. That's how you go. And Nia Jax can take an L. She's the big show. She can take an L. Nobody cares. I'm trying to think who else they might add. And I'm looking at the roster now, and I'm thinking they could probably add Chelsea Green, and then she'll probably be the first one eliminated. But she can kind oh of God. play that role, you know? She get nerfed. 
<laughs> she would get nerfed something awful. Maybe you bring in somebody from NXT. Or what about Meechin? Uh, I would no, because it's not. See, the problem is, is like you want that other person to at least have somewhat of a believability heading into the match. So Natalia. No, no, thank you. Look, I like Natty. I think she's great. I don't want her in this match. I like to see somebody have a nice show in from NXT. I like to see maybe a Roxanne Perez like pop in and get a, like a little shining moment to show what she's got. Somebody that we don't see too often. Somebody like me, Chin, and Tally. Like as soon as you see him, like all right, they're out of here. Like they're all right. Get what nervous. about Shayna? I hate how they've done Shayna. I like to see Shayna in this match, but she has no momentum, zero. Zoe Stark, Zelina Vega. I mean, I know they had chances, but I don't know. I'm just trying to think. Like, I feel like that spot at this point could go to anybody. It, it really can. It's like, who wants to lose? Like, which one of y'all want to lose first? Because that's <laughs> that's your job. Come in the chamber and, and something <laughs> bad's going to happen to you. So who's going to be? I think I they should see- put Chelsea Green in there to give a little bit of a comedic moment because everybody else is going to be in there doing, you know, the serious business stuff. Yo, Zach just popped in the chat and put our truth and bruh, I'm about to die laughing because I can see him pulling up and and they call us like, bro, this is that this is the women's match. He's like, what? Just like he did at the Royal Rumble. Oh, that would be incredible. Not going to happen. But that, yeah, no, cool. I would be like, what the hell? They just wasted a whole spot. There could have been another woman. In that room. Oh, I'll be you'll be, you'll be hearing it from me for sure. As much as I love our truth, uh, we need a serious at least. You know, we at least need someone that we know may have a chance at actually winning this. Yeah. Um. Anyways, all right. So the other matches that we're getting at the chamber, it's not very many, but it's the two chambers we just talked about. Um. We're also going to be getting Rhea Ripley versus Nia Jax. Of course, Rhea Ripley getting her big moment. She's going to be defending her WWE Women's World Championship. That's going to be pretty exciting. And we're also going to be seeing the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions, Finn Balor and Damian Priest versus Pete Dunne and Tyler Bates. And we're also going to be getting a Grayson Waller effect segment with Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes. Uh, any additional thoughts on that? On any um, of those? I, look, I, I think it's. I'm so glad that Pete Dunne got his damn name back and he's working with Tyler Bates and it's time to get them damn titles off of Damian Priest and Finn Balor. Get that big, strong boy and the wrestler formerly known as Butch them tag titles, and let's go heading into WrestleMania because I know that we have a tag match with them at WrestleMania. They're going to deliver. I'm looking forward to that match. Get them titles off of Priest and Battle because they don't need them anymore. They serve their purpose. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open every day of the week at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Foundation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.